This week on the Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State, we welcome back alumni Nick DiMario in a continuation of our Student Stories series. Nick is a current M1 student at Sydney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University. We're so excited to get to welcome back one of our alumni to talk about their journey to medicine, and we hope you all enjoy this episode as well. Welcome back. Hello, and welcome back to the Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State, the show to help all pre-health students on their journeys to acceptance. This week, we recorded an interview between uh, Kimberly and I and alumni Nick DiMario. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that, but I wanted to make sure that we got our podcast off to a great start and made sure that I welcomed you warmly. So please enjoy the super warm welcome. My name is John Moses Bronson, and I am so excitedly joined again by my lovely co-host, Kimberly Johnson. Hi, friend. Hi. We are also very excitedly joined today by a wonderful graduate of Penn State University and a, uh, a first-year medical school student, uh, Nick DeMario. And Nick, why don't you go ahead and just sort of say hello? Yeah. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, so uh, like uh, John just said, I am a Penn State alum. I graduated in 2023, uh, so just this past uh, May. And now I am a first-year med student at Sydney Kimmel Medical College, uh, more commonly known as Jefferson in Philadelphia, along with a lot of my other Penn State cohort. All right. Kimberly is going to lead this interview for our listeners. I... Um, I'm a horrible person and tend to dominate, uh, but Kimberly is uh, so good at these, and I'm just going to sit back and watch a master at work today. I think John is a wonderful co-host, but <laughs> um, well, we don't need to delay anymore. Um, Nick, this mm -hmm. is about you, not about us, <laughs> so why don't you just start by sharing with everyone how you kind of got to this point in your life? Yeah, it's a big question. Uh, absolutely. Um, so for starters, like uh, I, like a lot of kids, I came into, into uh, undergrad with some confusion. I was in DUS, the uh, Division of Undergraduate Studies, whenever I started out. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I took my first semester just kind of like taking like a Heinz 57 mix of <laughs> classes, uh, and I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I always had a background in medicine. My father is a physician, um, and I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind for a lot of it, and I figured I would give it a shot. I wasn't really sure if it would stick at all. So then for my sophomore years, really whenever I jumped uh, you know, fully into that pre-health world, and I fell in love with it. Um, I got a phenomenal uh, advisor, uh, Mark Counterman, who really mm -hmm. aided me on a lot of this, gave me some great help. And, uh, you know, it led me to the point where I am today, where I am so blessed and honored to be a current medical student at my first choice medical school. Uh, and a large part of that is thanks to Penn State and giving me the opportunity and the resources to be able to pursue those dreams. And when you think about medicine and your interest mm -hmm. in medicine, is there sort of a niche interest that you have? Or are you going in sort of wide open, just looking mm -hmm. to try everything? That's a that's a great question. Uh, I think as as a current medical student, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of this audience will get to experience this too. Is 
there's, there's a bit of pressure up front to try to know what you want to do, uh, you know, especially with the ever-changing landscape of residency applications, which is uh, you know, kind of the cycle of being an applicant. But no, coming into medical school, I had a pretty good idea that I wanted to be a cardiologist. And uh, we actually just finished up our cardio block just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I loved it. I enjoyed every minute of cardiology, and uh, so I think that I'm going to pursue that. So internal medicine and then followed by a fellowship in cardiology if everything goes according to plan. So can I ask, is your dad a cardiologist? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, my dad is a general internist, uh, so he is okay, in cool. internal medicine, uh, but he's not a cardiologist. But I certainly do have some exposure to the world of medicine. You know, I, I, I feel like... Generally speaking, whenever you get to medical school, they try to have you have an understanding of if you want to do medicine or surgery. And uh, I at least came in with the understanding that I would like to do medicine over surgery. Uh, but either way, I think that you can pivot into anything you want at any point in medical school. And I'm thinking a lot of our undergraduate listeners are thinking, I lost my train of thought. Okay. For me, where my brain was going was, a lot of students sort of want to know, like, what should my path look like? Mm-hmm. And you know, probably better than most, because you came to it late, that nobody's path looks the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you talk about some of the things that you chose to do to make yourself feel ready to take this on? You know, what were some of the things that you chose <clears throat> to participate in um, so that students can sort of see like what your journey looked mm-hmm. like, not so they can replicate it, but just so they can see like, how, I do know you a little bit. So I know yeah. that you didn't take like that checkbox list approach. Uh-huh. And and I, I think it would be helpful for them to understand like how you came to your decisions. Yeah, definitely. Um, for starters, I don't want to sound too patronizing, but talk to you guys, like talk to Brielle devices. Like <laughs> that was largely what I did. Almost everything that I did was directed by Mark behind the scenes. Uh, he really gave me like some <laughs> great advice uh, and I took it and ran with it. But yes, yeah, starting out. So my sophomore year, I took the general science courses. I think I started with like bio 110, chem 110. It's been a minute since I've taken these classes. Forget <laughs> all the numbers, you know. Like they math, are the cor- those guess, are the correct numbers so far. Yeah, math one forty. You know those kind of uh-huh, things. I took yeah. that, and like you know, wanted to see like uh, if I could hang with the curriculum. And uh, that would be the first thing I would recommend is do not jump into everything at once. There's so much to the world of pre health. Start with the classes. Like focus on the main thing at first, and then after that, I started to slowly add things. Research is certainly a very trendy thing that people like to talk about. And as an undergrad, uh, as a medical student, it's especially uh, heightened. So I didn't really want to do typical bench work or wet lab research at Penn State. So (laughs) I actually found a research lab that was in HDFS, so Human Development and Family Studies, I think it stands for. Yes, it does. uh, I worked with uh, Dr. Michelle Hotstetler on some uh, pretty cool stuff. We worked on like alcohol uh, substance abuse and how it relates to family generations and like the impact it has long-term on children's effects or uh, like education. And okay. it wasn't like the typical thing that you would see a uh, pre-med do, but I think it was great. Honestly, in my interviews that I talked with, everybody was like super interested to hear more about that. And so I'd recommend, you know, if you're not interested in bench work, that's fine. If you are, then by all means jump into it. Uh, I personally wasn't that interested in it. So I took a different route. Um, so I did that. Then I also, um, it's kind of serendipity. Uh, the Everly College of Science Student Council was looking for some executive members, and 
I decided to throw my name in the ring and I actually got that position. It was a club that I loved. I built some great relationships with. I got to you know, do great things with that club. And I think that it gave me like some good leadership experience. Um, obviously, you're going to have to take the MCAT. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Uh, but for the MCAT, I something I wish I did was take physiology before you take the MCAT. Uh, so specifically, I recommend taking Bio 472 with Dr. Strauss. It's a hard class. It's probably the hardest class that you're going to get in undergrad, at least in my experience. But there is no class that can prepare you better for the MCAT and more specifically medical school than that class. Bio 472 is like, without a doubt, the class. I mean, I still like right now, like just next to me, I have my Bio 472 book and I still reference that. Like right now we're learning like acid-based um, physiology in pulmonology and I still reference my Bio 472 notes from undergrad because they were that good. And I would highly, highly recommend taking that class if you have the opportunity. And I think it'll like kind of give you an understanding of what medical school coursework would look like. Mm-hmm. It's very different than undergrad coursework. You know, it's not the same kind of curriculum and that's the closest thing you can get to it while in, while in undergrad. You know, we have several of those classes, but I, I have heard that specifically about mm-hmm. at Penn State about that 472 course mm-hmm. and not just at University Park. That is yeah. a, a Commonwealth wide sort of lived reality. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that course. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about a few things that mm-hmm. were really exciting to you. Mm-hmm. So specifically, one of the things that you talked about was that you looked at a lot of different like types of labs, but you eventually settled on this really great one in HGFS. Mm-hmm. What was it about this lab that maybe set it apart even from other labs in that college? Because there's a lot of really neat labs in that college. Oh, there's yeah. some really cool ones. And liberal, every college has very cool labs. But yeah. what 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 really set your heart on fire and your brain mm-hmm. on fire with that specific lab? Oh, that's a great question. I think that uh, you should really do what you're passionate about. I know that's like such a cliche thing, but I wanted to do something that I wasn't just going to like put hours in for putting hours sake, uh, but like mm-hmm. something that I was going to really get something from it. Um, so I actually have a lot of family exposure to substance abuse problems. Uh, okay. It's something that I'm very passionate about and something that I like would like to work in in the future um so i tried to like seek that out and i found this lab that i thought was a good fit and then with talking with her it was really everything that i wanted it was a small lab um you know penn State's a huge campus you have forty five thousand undergrads you're gonna have a lot of different things to choose from and Mm -hmm. it really made it feel small um i liked that i wasn't doing typical bench research um that just wasn't really for me um a ton of my classmates did the same did go down that path. I think it's great. I think as well, bench research, uh, if I'm going to be honest, I think it really does help you for medical school. I do feel like I would like a better foundation of standard science research um, for my own sake right now. But that being said, I don't feel like I am like that far behind. I can definitely, you know, still go through, especially here at Jefferson, they really like hold your hand through a lot of the <laughs> basics of research. Yeah, I would say it was really just picking something that I was passionate about, like uh, something that I could see myself doing long term. If I didn't do medical school, I could see myself working in substance abuse prevention. And so I think that like do something that you could see yourself doing independent of going to medical school. I really like that advice Mm -hmm. because these choices should reflect something really core and important to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you found that through the lab. We were talking earlier about plan A's, plan B's, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Plan 8C. Yes. <laughs> it's the eighth way through the alphabet. 
and then yeah. back onto C. <laughs> well, and when we think about medical students and at least the first few years of their career, we're thinking about people who are usually on plan A, mm-hmm. but it's a really tough plan A. <laughs> yeah. And so knowing that your preparation in undergrad, at least, and even in gap years, most likely, mm-hmm. can prepare you for plan B, C, D, et cetera, I think is really reassuring. Mm-hmm. Because until you actually get that acceptance, I think everybody's like, is this actually yeah. going to work? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. I was just yesterday talking with some uh, some classmates here at medical school, and it's uh, even whenever you get into medical school, it's still uh, it's the journey's just begun, and mm-hmm. like there's still times where you're going to question, like, is this for me? Is this like everything that I really wanted? And you really have to know, like, this is what you want because uh, I don't want to scare anybody in the audience, but it is hard. Uh, medical school is not easy, um, so. You definitely have to have to want it, and I think if you have passion to go through the application process to to work through and and, and build a strong resume, uh, I think you'll find yourself much more enthused in medical school as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I don't want to skip over a transition to mm-hmm. the application process, but I do know a lot of our students are thinking, "Okay, great. His dad was a doctor. He has had." <laughs> insider view to what medicine is but Mm -hmm. as an advisor i know that that's not really how it works Mm -hmm. you need your own personal experience with how medicine works so for our broader audience i think it'd be helpful to know what did you do to get clinical experience Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely great Uh, i can admit that having like coming as a second generation physician, it definitely helps. Uh, I won't sugarcoat that. And I won't say that like, it doesn't help because I was able to get to talk like firsthand with a physician on their pros and cons and thoughts and everything like that. Like anything that I wanted to know, I could ask my dad. But that being said, I still had to come to the conclusion that I wanted to be a physician and I still had to get clinical exposure. The biggest thing for me is I worked as an EMT. So I did that. (sighs) Shoot. I think I got certified my sophomore year, like midway through my mm-hmm. sophomore year, uh, I would have loved to have done it through Penn State. Unfortunately, I had a direct conflict. I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was like the one thing, the one <laughs> time that that class couldn't be, it was. Uh, so I couldn't do it through that. So uh, odd times, I guess there's still some kids at Penn State that 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 were during COVID, but I, this was during COVID as well. Uh, this was happening like 2020 to 2021. So that academic year. Um, but I was actually in my hometown of Harrisburg. And so I got certified at the local community college, which was something I was able to do because I was virtual. And so I did that. And that was wonderful. Getting hands-on experience, getting to actually be around patients, like get to remind yourself of what you're going through. Because especially as an undergrad, like not only are you in the classroom, but you're not even learning about like diseases or medicine. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. learning about like crazy ethereal concepts that loosely apply to medicine. Um, so I chose the EMT route. That being said, there's so many, like you can choose like nursing assistant, you can choose medical assistant, um, phlebotomy, Mm -hmm. scribe, uh, anything to get yourself into the clinical setting. I would highly recommend, um, EMT. I personally, I'm a little biased towards it because I think that you get to experience so much of it. You get to actually interact with patients. You know, you're not like 
passively involved, you're actively involved. So uh, if you don't know where to go, if you're totally lost, I would say look into EMT school and see if that's for you. Um, obviously, it has its cons. You know, there, there's stuff that's not great about it. Like it is a very fast paced work environment. It is going to have some tough days with it. The certification process is certainly a lot harder than some of the other options. Uh, but that being said, yeah, that was the main thing that I did was EMTing. I did that over my summers. That was how I kind of, you know, gained exposure to medicine. And it's fun too. I should just say that. Like, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have the same conversation with one of the associate deans mm-hmm. about how to get students who are just starting out in first year seminar excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And specifically excited about science because on its surface, like, yes, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, much like your uh, hatred of sugarcoating, like the benefits of having of being second generation physician, like there are are, are certainly benefits, right? Yeah, and uh, it's oh no, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking your conversation about? Conversation with the assistant dean. Oh, we we need to remind students that science is fun. And if you're not having fun and enjoying yourself, there is a missing piece. Getting ready and prepared for your health profession journey, whether it's medical school or something else, Mm -hmm. should feel fun to you. And if it is not Mm -hmm. feeling fun, there is perhaps a disconnect between your Mm -hmm. goal and your reality. So I'm glad that you specified that because... You should be, you, you should enjoy the process of getting ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, especially too, like whenever you get to medical school, like it's a whole different beast. Like if you don't love it <laughs> in undergrad, you are, I hate to say, you're probably not going to love it in medical school. I don't <laughs> want to scare people off from medical school. Medical school has been the most rewarding time of my life. I do not regret a single bit. Like it is remarkable the amount that you learn and how cool, like the stuff that you're doing is finally and like mm-hmm. how you're finally into medicine. You're like getting to do like these things you've always dreamed of. But that being said, you certainly have to be willing to buckle down and like focus. So I think we've done a good job of clarifying that medical school itself, wildly difficult. We know as advisors getting ready to apply Mm -hmm. and that process of readying yourself for the application, because we had that good transition earlier. We're circling back around to it. What were some of the things that you did to help ready yourself for the application itself? Mm-hmm. It's, that is a behemoth in and of itself. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I feel like the application, like, I, I don't want to under, I, I didn't, I didn't honestly think it was that crazy because uh, largely I did the portfolio. Um, so I did the portfolio, which was basically just the application. Like, I, I went through it. I got to think about my timeline here. So I was applying in like the end of, like 2022 yeah i guess that's whenever Mm -hmm. i would have applied Mm -hmm. is like i think i sent my application out like june of 2022 Mm -hmm. and so um probably december of 2021 january 2022 is like somewhere in that range i started to like seriously fill out the portfolio um as if it was an actual application so i did all of the primary like i think it has like basically the primary application on there definitely do that like without a doubt do that um, that'll save you so much time. And then I also did uh, most of the secondaries that I knew I was going to apply to those schools. So uh, Jefferson, Penn State. Um, I, I'm trying to think of all the schools. Like I applied to all the Pennsylvania schools, a lot of the mm-hmm. surrounding state. Like just do the ones that you're pretty confident you're going to go to. The other thing is like 
once you've done like probably 10 secondaries you've practically done them all like there's only so many options they can throw out there so like you can pretty well reuse those like obviously tailor it to that school like don't just like blindly paste it in there um but you can pretty well like there's only like 10 or so like options so once you've done enough you're you're not going to see that something that surprises you but yeah i cannot emphasize enough how important i think it is to get your application in early i was in a very strange situation where i i personally didn't take a gap year i would i recommend that probably not um i think that taking a gap year has a lot of merit to it like beyond just increasing your chances of getting into medical school i think there's probably like out of a class of 272 kids here now jefferson's weird because there's the program kids as you guys are obviously aware but like of kids that are in my position like don't take a gap year to the four years it's probably only like five kids out of the class of 270 so not many um but that being said um i took my mcat in like i think my mcat day was june 4th uh, so that meant i didn't get my my test score back until like july 6th or so and so fortunately uh, i had mark i'm feeling kinda, stressed for you i know i know i know so fortunately uh what i had was mark uh it's kind of give me like a clever like backdoor where mm-hmm. i actually sent the primary application in as soon as it opened so that i could get my mm-hmm. application verified because the verification process takes like a month and so yep. by the time my verification was done uh, I was just getting my scores. I think I only had like maybe like a three day gap or something like that. Um, and also, I only sent my primary in to Harvard. I had no interest of ever. Well, I shouldn't say no interest. I knew that I was not a Harvard <laughs> quality applicant, so I wasn't going to like burn bridges there by applying to Harvard. Yeah, a very strange application process. That being said, I I think that taking a gap year probably would have been the beneficial thing for me. I got lucky. I didn't have to. I had a very successful application cycle. I am the exception. I am not the rule. I was very lucky. Do not, do not take that as advice. Uh, I'm just sharing my insight. I have two roommates here, Jeff. Both of them took gap years. Both of them loved it. Good. Did you have another question? Well, I know um, specifically you did a comprehensive. At the time that you did it, it was a comprehensive interview. They're now called comprehensive reviews. There we go. Gotcha. Could you tell us a little more about what that was like? Yeah, I mean, it was basically, uh, it was obviously a little weird because I did it with Mark and like, mm-hmm. I've been with Mark for like years. So like, it didn't feel like mm-hmm. stressful or anything like that, but it, it was almost identical to like a medical school interview. Um, all of the standard questions you're going to get asked. Uh, every medical school is going to interview a little bit differently, but like, I would definitely expect to hear the, why do you want to be, a, or tell us about yourself? Why do you want to go to medical school? Mm-hmm. Um those kind of things so you get a chance to do those and to get feedback on them i can't recommend enough do, do that 100 percent. you do not want your first interview to be your first interview like you don't you would you want to have a good idea of what's going to happen and so i think that that that's an important thing because you know you might not get many interviews you don't want to like waste any of those like figuring it out kind of thing um, especially like now with a lot of virtual interviews, I think medical schools are probably still doing a lot of virtual interviews, go through it and, and have somebody that, that is familiar with that format, like kind of coach you through it. Cause there was stuff like, you know, it gave me like nice little like tidbits on like lighting and stuff like that. Like just anything to make yourself feel more comfortable in the application mm-hmm. setting. 
Yeah, there's so many things that are beyond your control that giving yourself even a list of like two or three things that are within your control Mm -hmm. feels so empowering. Mm -hmm. So what were, you know, obviously this was a while ago, but what were some of those things that you did to like give yourself a, a bigger feeling of like being more in control? What were some of the things that you did? I think, um, shoot, what's the website? Uh, there, there's a website. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you guys know what it is. What's it called? It has like all of the, oh, shoot. Oh, man, this is driving me nuts. I use this like all the time whenever I was applying. It's like <laughs> basically where students network, a student doctor, student doctor network. That's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. SDN. Yeah, like I went on SDN for all the schools that I had interviews at. You can kind of click here, like typically speaking, what the format's going to be. Is it going to be more traditional is it going to be more Mm -hmm. laid back is it going to be more serious give yourself an idea before you go in and rehearse just like practice those answers you don't want to come off like too robotic or anything like that Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely do it extemporaneous you know cast one cast 100 oh shoot what what is it uh yeah cast 100 public speaking 100 yeah cast 100 yeah yeah uh use those skills that you learned in that you know make it extemporaneous and uh i think that i'll be honest fortunately i don't really get too nervous in those environments uh which i know is probably terrible for some people to hear like um <laughs> but like i personally didn't get too anxious in that um i can speak on jefferson they do in-person interviews here whenever i interviewed it was in person wonderful day it makes you feel so much at least for me it made me feel so much more comfortable um mm-hmm. so if you get an in-person interview i think it's a very different environment but i did have virtual interviews as well and for those i think that just preparation makes you feel uh feel comfortable and also just like knowing that you're a good applicant like if you're confident in your application then you're gonna come across much better to them like don't come across cocky but like just know that you belong that you should be there they picked you for that interview for a reason um and just tell them like who you are just like tell them the person that they wanted to hear like all they're looking for is like they sent you the interview they they like who you are just confirm that for them like just yeah don't go crazy like just just be the person you are i I feel that there are parts of Student Doctor Network that are lovely. Yeah, there's certainly Specifically, are... the interview section, lovely. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's aggregate data. Yeah. You're not taking one person's experience yeah. and extrapolating it for the entire population. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I, I do like the interview sections, uh, the interview feedback pages. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, like in the question they will give you like some of the questions that get asked and you'll see like how a couple of different people wrote and interpreted it so you won't know the precise question but you'll understand the idea that's going to be asked and oftentimes it's a good indicator of something that's super important at a school if you see a certain type of question that's asked Mm -hmm. often there right so like uh at some schools they ask a lot about like what are some of the challenges you think exist in the healthcare system, right? Mm-hmm. Those are schools that are really passionate about sort of figuring out um, like health equity and health justice. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of how their school operates. And you can learn that through just looking yeah. at the questions. So I did want to provide that little caveat. I Definitely. think there, there I, there's cesspools and everywhere on the internet. SDN has its bright spots, but Ooh. it also has a cesspool. Yeah. SDN as well, like if 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 you want like uh, the most neurotic, like uh-huh. like you know, just 
people are so paranoid on there for Mm -hmm. for every reason you know it's it's a stressful time like people are gonna be like that um take it with a grain of salt like yeah yeah it it was definitely good for general Mm -hmm. recon of the school um but yeah as a whole the interview in my opinion the interview is not the worst part of applying Mm -hmm. at all like once you get to the interview clear the major hurdle feel comfortable in yourself and just like show them who you are that's what i would recommend yeah. I was also fortunate to get pretty early interviews um, for my application cycle. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to interview late. I was very fortunate to not have to. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure that changes the dynamic because, you know, you're probably a little bit more stressed if it's late in the cycle and you haven't heard anything back. Um, but that being said, be confident in yourself is the biggest key that I can give. So other than getting in, which is what everyone wants, what were yeah. you looking for in a school? Um, so I guess I can say, uh, Jefferson was my top choice. I wanted to stay somewhat local. Um, so I'm from the Harrisburg area. I think I might've mentioned it briefly before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, about an hour and a half from state college and it's about two hours from Philly. So I wanted to be somewhere in the general vicinity, um, Philadelphia, my family is from Philadelphia. So I had like a sense of comfortable or comfortability with, with the city. I'd been here a lot. Like my dad was like born and raised in Philly. So I kind of knew it. Um, I don't really like cities, to be honest, but I wanted to live in one to experience <laughs> it for a while. Um, so I currently live in a city and I can say there's fun parts to it. I definitely like it. I, I like being in my early 20s and like getting to live in a city. It's fun. And uh, I'm glad that I pushed myself to it. But aside from that, I love that Jefferson was an old school like that. It's it's been around forever. Like it has such a rich history. Like just the other day we were learning like the first heart and lung machine was invented at Jefferson. You know, I kind of like that stuff. Like it's cool, you know. Um, but aside from that, like all of the other schools that I applied to were great schools that I had a great time. Like Penn State has a great relationship with obviously Hershey and Hershey has like such a strong connection from the local area. So that was a school that I was certainly looking at too. Um, but at the end of the day, I just wanted a school that like was going to get me to the next stage while also providing me a good environment. Cause like, I think that every medical school will give you a good education. Like every U S medical school, I'll leave another one's honestly, but like every U.S. medical school is going to give you a good education. Go to one that you know you're going to be like happy at and someplace that gives you the best opportunity. But don't honestly, like if it's not your first choice, don't worry. I know so many of my friends that ended up at like, you know, random places in Kansas or Iowa and they love it too because medical schools just have that way of captivating you and like bringing you mm-hmm. into their tradition. Good. So kind of want to transition a little bit to your life at mm-hmm. TJ. Is that what you wanted to do? Too? Oh, okay. Kimberly and our same braining. What are yeah. some of the things that you've done at Thomas Jefferson to sort of find your, your tribe, your footing? What are you doing to sort of yeah. enrich yourself beyond the, the curriculum? Yeah. Um, I can say that, all right, for my, my recommendation to all students is like, whenever you get to medical school, do not think about anything except for curriculum. It is going to be like drinking water out of a fire hydrant. Um, first day of medical school, I remember we got this quote and it still resonates absolutely perfect today. Medical school is like eating five pancakes every day. The first day of eating five pancakes, you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. Like it's a little more pancakes than I like to eat, but like I can do that. 
But the next day, you're going to have five pancakes. And the day after that, you're going to have five pancakes. So every day, you have to eat your five pancakes. And if you don't want to eat them on one day, that's okay. You don't have to eat them that day. But the next day, you're going to eat ten. Uh, not to scare people off, but you're, you're going oh, to. Oh, gosh. You're going to be doing this. Yeah. You, you love, you, you'll love pancakes. You'll love pancakes. I promise you. But yeah, we got that quote. I thought it was funny. And it really does stick. Um, but that being said, uh, focus on your curriculum up front. That's like the most important thing. That's what you're here for is your education. But medical school is so much fun too. Like everybody in medical school is a medical student. It's not like undergrad where you're with people that are theater majors and finance majors and, you know, math majors where everybody's on different pages. Everybody's on the same page in medical school. It's awesome. Like you're with this like combined cohort where you get to have like such a fun time together. Um, I think medical schools do a really good job. At least, at least I can speak here at Jefferson, do a good job of integrating you in the beginning. Like first week orientation week is like the best week of your life you get to have like this crazy fun time in a new city with new people and like experience new things it's so much fun um but outside of that it's kind of like penn state you have like 100 million clubs that you can join i personally chose to join this uh one that is very similar to stuff that i did in undergrad it's like a service organization that does <laughs> um knitted goods and like socks and hats and blankets for the local homeless population i was actually mm -hmm. just this past weekend distributing uh, uh, like warm clothes to people around city hall um, that kind of gives you an opportunity to build relationships outside of that like i think you'll find that medical school is a lot different than undergrad in that people really want to work together for classes like everybody's in this together um so you'll have like study groups where you all get to work together uh, my roommates are great people like, i get along with them really well we have like a great rapport uh, something that you'll I think almost every medical school probably has this it's called CBL case-based learning. Mm -hmm. Give your lecture time where you have like your traditional similar lecture to undergrad in terms of like style. Uh, but then you also have other days where you're doing CBL, so case-based learning, and you're going to be with a group of at Jefferson. It's about 10 students here. Uh, and you get to learn that way together and you'll build great bonds with people in your CBL. You're with them for roughly three or four months at a time, like for any given CBL group. And uh, like my best friend in medical school, I met him in my first CBL group. So like you really get this like great, like culmination of everybody's here together, all learning medicine. They're all so passionate about it. And I think it really just like leads itself towards good environment. Mm -hmm. I should say as well, it's not very competitive. Yeah. Like, like, I shouldn't say that hey, it's not very competitive. We love to hear it's, it. it's much less competitive than undergrad. Like undergrad, uh, everybody's so worried about getting into medical school. Now we're all in a medical school. Like we kind of have an idea. Like we're in this. I'm like, you're going for totally different specialties. Like nobody, nobody's caring about that stuff. Like mm -hmm. you get to work together as opposed to working against each other. So I would say, like to people in the future, like whenever you get into medical school, the environment, like the mindset, changes a lot. Good. So. I have two sort of like last uh -huh. questions to sort of like wrap us up. So the first mm -hmm. one is, you know, you are still in your first year. What mm -hmm. over the next three and a half ish years are you most looking forward to? Uh, I feel like this is probably a cliched answer as a medical student to say this, but I'm looking forward to clinical years. Mm -hmm. First two years of medical school, I guess, you know, maybe not everyone knows. This. So the first two years of medical school are preclinical. It's in the lecture halls. It's, books it's science it's you know it's mm -hmm. more medically oriented obviously than undergrad but it's still very much in the books like mm -hmm. studying for exams and, and that kind of stuff i'm looking forward to being able to get onto the rotations and getting yeah. to see patients and interact you know they do a good job of like getting us into the hospital occasionally 
Mm-hmm. Like next week, I get to like go shadow with like a trauma surgeon and like mm-hmm. you know, get to get to follow them around and stuff like that. They do give you like little nuggets every now and then, but I'm looking forward to getting into the clinical years and really diving in like to true medicine. Not to say that what I'm doing right now isn't true medicine, but you know, really applying the things I'm learning right now mm-hmm. in the hospital setting. Hey, you know, I know you sort of gave the caveat of you know that's a bit of a cliched answer, but I don't think there's anything wrong with cliched if it's true. Yeah. That's There's a reason cute. why it's a cliche. Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. it's true for a lot of people. My last question is, I want you to get into the the mystical, magical Penn State time machine, and you're yeah. going to go back to your sophomore yourself, and you're uh-huh. going to give yourself one piece of advice. What is that piece of advice to, to past Nick? That's a great question. Honestly, I feel like, again, a cliche, but like, this is true. Like, I feel like literally everybody in medical school would tell you this. Like, it's going to work out. Uh, like, whether you think that it will or not, like, it stuff falls in place. Like, you're going to be worried. Like, I don't have research yet. It, it'll get there. Like, you'll, you'll get, you'll get on a lab. You'll find somebody that you like. You'll, you'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll be okay. Like, you don't have to do this right now. Like, it'll, it'll, it'll mm-hmm. fall into place. Um, I would say that, like, like clubs, like people are so worried about like all these like ins and outs and stuff like that. And like, think that it's like so important. And like MCAT, like you're going to think that like everything is life or death and it's not, it's not life or death. You have to do well. You have to like get these scores. You have to, you know, fill everything that medical schools are looking for, but you have time um, and, yeah. and it'll be all right. Um, like the MCAT, like I didn't do nearly as well as I wanted on the MCAT and I still ended up at the school that I wanted to. Like things just kind of have a way of working themselves out. Obviously I'm speaking as somebody that it did work out for, but I can speak for like most of my classmates. And I think that most of them would agree that it will work out. So, you know, just take a deep breath. And the most important piece of advice I should say as well, enjoy Penn state. It's so much fun. Like being an undergrad there is like a dream. All of us that are from Penn state here at Jefferson are always talking about Penn state and like how great of times we had there. Like happy Valley is truly a special place. So enjoy your four years there. Uh, Don't take a single minute for granted. Like you'll, you'll look back on these those years very fondly great anything any last minute tidbits kimberly not for me okay. thank you nick yeah, nick, yeah thank you, you for having questions me. i i guess hey you know this is how i like to end interviews do you have any questions for us <laughs> yeah i'm curious to know like how, how are things going back in for you guys like i know i was there not too long ago but yeah. uh, i think they're going well for you guys we are doing some very exciting things this year yeah. kimberly and mark have taken on hosting uh a health professions expo so when you were here we had like a graduate and professional week in the fall Mm -hmm. and we had like a a health focused day but a lot of the schools that came weren't like your big medical and dental Mm -hmm. schools because they're really busy in the fall with all the interviews and so mark and kimberly was were like let's make it happen in the spring when they're more available and we can get more of the schools that our students really want to go to and so we're not not we <laughs> kimberly and mark have done some, mark has really done just an obscene amount of heavy lifting on that project and it is off the ground it is going it is going very very well and That's awesome. The results of that, I think, will pay dividends beyond just getting students in front of uh, admissions officers. I think it's going to build some really wonderful relationships between uh, us and some new schools. Um, You know, obviously, our podcast is in our second year. We um, recently learned that it's posted 
on other schools' pre-health advising websites. That's awesome. Which was shocking, one, and two, very flattering. (laughs) So uh, that, you know, things are going very well. I think we've really hit our stride in a lot of our processes. I think we're sort of like finessing some like dates and details, but I think we've really found something that works well for us and that we're Mm -hmm. happy with and that, you know, I think we're sort of in that final Pokemon evolution phase. I really feel like we've made it to Charizard, but like nice Charizard, not angry Charizard. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I think things are going really well back here. Lots of exciting personal developments. Uh, I would like to say that you brought up a great thing. When it, when, I'm so glad to hear that Mark is taking the lead on that uh, med school expo because I, I think I may have influenced that a little bit because I remember whenever you guys had the other one, uh, there was like probably like four or five med schools that came and I actually had applied to PCOM and mm-hmm. I showed up to that day and I got to talk with an admissions counselor at PCOM and on the spot I was given an interview. Like it was remarkable. So like I cannot speak highly enough on going to those kind of events. Uh I know a lot of kids here that like didn't get that opportunity in undergrad. They didn't like their undergrads didn't set those kind of things up. Take advantage of that stuff so much. Like yeah. I that was a school that, you know, they just never really saw my application. You know, you're you're talking about schools that get like 10,000 applications. They they're just, you know, they're not going to look through every single one. So like you have to get your name out there somehow. Like they yeah. have to get eyes on your application. I went there, I showed up with like a resume, I showed up with my MCAT score. Um, I showed up with like all of like the stuff that an application would have, and I got to put it in front in front of somebody. And the guy that I talked to was in love with it, and he on the spot literally like opened his computer and granted me an interview. So it is important stuff, and like the fact that Mark is doing that, I'm so glad to hear because like yeah, I think kids should be able to do that with a lot of schools. Like you know, get to sell yourself because you don't really get to do that a lot of times. Like before you get the interview, you're not selling yourself. You're yeah putting this weird application out there that looks a lot Mm -hmm. like everybody else's weird application yeah it's sometimes hard to get the human beyond the application and this is a very personal way to do that so i'm really excited i'm so thrilled that like mark was just about as passionate as we were but put his like obscenely organized strategic mind to work on this particular project because like we're all doing just like obscenely complicated things in the office but i think this was a very good usage of our obscenely complicated time yeah no that's great that's great i'm really happy for the next generation that should be a great thing for yeah thank you so i think this is where we this is where Mm -hmm. we leave you yeah. Um, for today, I, I really want to thank you. I, I I know how busy you are, and I I want I know I share Kimberly's gratitude and saying thank you for mm-hmm. for giving us this time. You are someone that we have wanted to talk to for a while, and I'm glad that we could finally make time work. Yeah. Well, no, thank you so much for having me. Like, it is truly an honor to be able to talk with you guys. I had such a positive experience with Penn State pre health, and like anything that I can do for you guys, I'm happy to give back for the future generations and, and just share my experience. You know, it's easy. And I, I might be busy, but I'm not that busy. I can certainly carve out time to, to talk to you guys. Good. And I would like to remind you that we do have that in recording and we will hold you to that <laughs> because we have evidence of Please a verbal do. agreement. <laughs> but Nick, Please thank do. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much to all of our listeners out there in the magical podcast world. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State.
Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office and the Everly College of Science at Penn State. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution or for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across our university system. Our intro music is This Science from Coma Media, and our outro music is Screening, also by Coma Media.